0: Discover the Possibilities of Internal Medicine. So Today we have Dr. Desimone with us. Dr. Desimone is a professor of medicine at Albany Medical College and a fellow of the American College of Physicians. He graduated medical school from SUNY Upstate and completed his internal medicine residency at the University of Buffalo, followed by a fellowship in diabetes, endocrinology, and metabolism at the University of Massachusetts. He currently serves as the Director of Quality for the Department of Medicine at Albany Medical Center, as well as Quality and Patient Safety Officer for Graduate Medical Education. Thank you, Dr. Desimon for taking time out from your busy day to talk to us and share your stories of medical students who are interested in internal medicine.
1: Thanks, Kirlene, it's really great to be here.
0: So first off, we wanna hear a little bit about how and why you decided to pursue internal medicine when you were trying to decide on career paths.
1: So I sort of fell into medical school by accident. I was a biochemistry and physics major uh, and I'm a first generation college student. So I really didn't get a lot of guidance. I just loved the sciences and I got good grades in college. I sort of got interested in medical school because I thought if you got good grades in college, you should probably go on to medical school because it seemed like a a, thing to do. I actually was in my third year medical school and all set to go into a career in ophthalmology. And then um, my last rotation of third year was surgery in a hospital in Binghamton, New York. And the crazy thing was I had lived with diabetes at that time, but I never told anybody. And um, I wanted to keep it a secret and I just didn't want to be treated special. So it turns out that in my surgery call room in my, as a third year medical s- was down the hallway from the diabetes teaching area, and I, I got to be friendly with the diabetes certified diabetes educator there, a nurse by the name of Eleanor. I'll never forget her. She was really the first time I ever revealed to anyone in medical school that I had diabetes. So she asked me to see patients during my surgical rotation, and uh, I said I really wasn't interested because I was going into ophthalmology. I already had uh, interviews lined up, and she just begged me to see patients. And I said, well, I'm sort of interested. I'll see one for you. So on one of my off nights, well, I, I went to the hospital, and I met a 16-year-old girl who had uh, many admissions for DKA. So I just went in and talked to her. I was in scrubs, so I was sort of like pseudo-medical. And I talked to her with her family and her boyfriend about what it was like to uh, live with diabetes and come back into the hospital uh, frequently, how tough it was. And I sort of really, I enjoyed the interaction. So on my off time, I probably saw another five or 10 patients with her that were hospitalized and I really liked it. So I pulled on my ophthalmology applications and I said, how am I gonna become an endocrinologist and that's why I went into internal medicine. Really, it was my road to becoming uh, an endocrinologist, but it was right at the last minute.
0: Thank you for sharing that. It's interesting to hear how some of us as medical students also struggle with figuring out what's the best fit, but sometimes third year in medical school really helps us figure out what rotations we like and where we see ourselves. I know you you also do a lot of quality and patient safety yeah. in your daily work. I was wondering how you got involved in that,
1: So, if you would have asked me 15 years ago, would I be doing this kind of work? The answer would have been no. But here's what happened. About 15 years ago, maybe 20 years ago, it became apparent that the better you treated patients with diabetes in the hospital, controlled their blood sugar, uh, the better the non-diabetes outcomes uh, would be. So, I became interested in in inpatient diabetes care because of these other outcomes, which were exciting. So we did the math and we found out in our, in our 700 bed hospital, there were about 150 patients per day who had diabetes. And I figured I could, you know, treat all of them foolishly. And what happened was the work became overwhelming. And in order to get it done, I had, I had a default to forming teams and interprofessional teams. And overall, me working alone, helping to control diabetes in a few patients wasn't as effective as if that I put a team together and I could deliver that kind of care all over the hospital. So that's where I got introduced into teamwork to help improve quality care for people with diabetes. So I learned how to form teams. I had men, a mentor who... Uh, taught me how to run meetings, how to be a leader. I still feel like I'm learning how to be a leader, but um, I could at least get people with differing perspectives together in the same room to share the perspectives. And it was great for me because I learned about these other perspectives, but seeing the thrill of getting people who have divergent opinions to come together and uh, start working with each other, it's thrilling. It's thrilling, and it helped improve diabetes care, and as we did the data in the hospital, we had objective data to prove that we were doing things better. So then what happened was, I was approached by the administration at the hospital who said, you know, Jim, if you did so well with diabetes, we're having a, we're having trouble with a group um, doing community-acquired pneumonia treatment. And they said, would you be able to facilitate that? And I said, well, pneumonia. I go, that's in the lung, right? They said, no, 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 you'll be fine. You'll be fine. So again, got a multidisciplinary group in a room about communicator pneumonia, which I'm not an expert at, but I was able to facilitate the meeting and every, all the skills that I learned during the diabetes, uh, interventions in the hospital, I could apply. And that was also Really thrilling to see that these principles you can learn in one thing can be applied everywhere, and that's how I got into quality. It's that it's it's all about team building, uh, working together, and then I felt for me it was enriching because I could learn about other medical professions' perspectives.
0: Thank you for sharing those experiences. I know you mentioned some of the projects you've been involved in with quality and how that related to your endocrinology service as well. Is there a specific project or initiative during your role as director of quality that stands out to you or is most memorable?
1: Yeah, there's a few that really stand out. One of them was, it was really an interesting uh, project where we were admitting patients to the hospital overnight and the system which was in place led to a lot of patient harm that we could uh, measure objectively because of delays in care. And that Also involved a huge multidisciplinary work, but it totally revamped the system of how our internal medicine residents accept and are assigned patients overnight. So, when this happened probably five or six years ago, it was a really dramatic thing that happened. And that's the funny thing about quality is that you know you did a good job in quality because afterwards you don't like get a lot of credit for it because people go like, oh yeah, we should have been doing that 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 way all the time. And that, that makes sense. We should have done it like that. The other thing that I've really been excited about is how we've been able to engage our residents into quality improvement. We have a patient safety event reporting system that's anonymous and it's electronic. And in 2015, we had 54 residents who put in patient safety event reports. And we started improving the system that we've gone from 54 to 300 the next year. And now for the last two years, we have have had over 1,000 patient safety event reports put in by our residents every year. And it's totally changed the culture of how we deal with patient safety event reports. So that's been really rewarding to see the residents uh, become involved in that.
0: You've been involved with both endocrinology as well as quality improvement, working with residents. You're wondering how do you balance all of those different roles and how does that fit into your typical work week or work day?
1: So here's the funny thing, 80% of my time is doing quality improvement and patient safety work and education, getting the residents going and 20% are my is clinical consultation. If you told me I had to choose one or the other, I wouldn't even have to think about it. I'd, I'd be a clinician. I love the teamwork with the quality improvement and patient safety work, but I would have no credibility if I weren't up on the wards, the nursing units, shoulder to shoulder with the nurses, with the other doctors. Um, because what I found is that in quality improvement and patient safety, the people have to trust you. And if you're a physician, the way they trust you is how you are at the bedside and working as a team on an individual patient.
0: You mentioned that some of the rewarding parts of your day-to-day work is working with students, working with the patients, getting the feedback. What would you say is the most challenging part of your daily work and as, as planning a role in both quality and endocrinology?
1: When I have students My non-clinical responsibilities are still there, but the charge I get out of working with students overwhelms everything. And there's nothing better for me than having the patient, the patient's advocate, the nurse, uh, the student, me, a consultation, maybe the PCA there also. That little sort of Norman Rockwell picture is like really what makes me tick but it takes up a lot of time. And when I have to go back and start uh, planning um, work sessions for different residencies, that takes time. So my days get really long, but it's it's not like it's a burden. I don't know if that answers your question. I could keep talking actually. In between seeing patients, we go to places in the hospital where the work gets done but you never see. So when you're on elective with me, you get a tour of the kitchen and the kitchen is part of our system. And especially if you're doing diabetes consults, what they cook down in the kitchen, we have to give insulin for it upstairs. Pretty simple. Right. But to see the passion that the people working in the kitchen have for their work, it's the same as the passion we have for ours. And so it's funny because what's happened is that by showing my physicians and training learners, where the work gets done that they normally don't see, they come up with projects on their own afterwards. And the the one of my one of my favorite ones ever was I took um one of our interns to see the telemetry monitoring room, which is that is another place where you have to be a special person to work. You're looking at 150 different monitors and you're waiting for alarms to go off if you have to call the floor if someone goes into an arrhythmia that's serious. And um, it's well known that in our hospital and many other hospitals, that telemetry is overused. So one of so one of the interns last year who was working with me said, this is terrible, Dr. Desimone. We, we know that a lot of patients here do not need telemetry as long as they're on it. So I think there's something we could do about it. So I introduced her To the people in charge of telemetry, cardiologists, nurses on the floor. We put a team together and she did an intervention that actually reduced the number of telemeters used per day, telemetry units used per day, from about 150 down to 90 to 100 per day. And it was a simple, simple intervention. And I was really proud of her because there had been committees around for at least a decade to try to reduce the amount of telemetry use and could never do it, but her intervention worked. So, so those, 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 that's how that's how I end up combining quality improvement, patient safety and endocrine consults. But that's one of the principles of quality improvement work. Quality improvement work is where you, you, you do your regular work and when you're doing your regular work, you're always trying to make it better. It's not like you can set aside time and say, okay, I'm doing quality now. You have to do it while you're doing your regular work. So.
0: Mm-hmm. You mentioned you worked with medical students on a day-to-day basis when you're doing the diabetes consult. If, yeah. you, if you were to give them any advice, if they're trying to think about if they wanna pursue internal medicine, is there anything you would tell them that you wish you had known when you were in their shoes?
1: So I think one of the most important things about internal medicine is that you have to be a special person to be an internist because you're always living with uncertainty, which for some people might be unsettling. But for me, it's why I like it. It's like, you're sort of sure that you make the diagnosis, but you're not 100% sure all the time. But that's what I like about it because it helps you learn. so this learning thing is like uncovering my ignorance, which is something I like because it means I'm getting smarter. So you don't really want all the easy cases. You you wanna be challenged.
0: Thank you for sharing that. It's great to know as medical students about how a career in internal medicine looks like, and it's been great talking with you. Just wanted to, to talk a little bit about your involvement with the American College of Physicians and yep. how your career and your work as quality improvement and endocrinology has fit into your role in the ACP as well.
1: So the ACP came to me late in my career actually, and, and I've really been happy to be involved with the ACP recently. And the reason is, is because of the structure of the uh, scientific and research forums That it provides is really good for interns, residents, and students. I think the New York ACP, in particular, has done a terrific job with providing a forum where you can present your case vignettes or your research projects in a forum that's really conducive to learning and kind. And I've, I've really, I, I think for me, that's one of the one of the best things for the students and residents. The other thing that I really liked about the ACP is, at the New York ACP in particular, is that I am I'm on the state quality committee, and the quality committee is composed of a real heterogeneous group of internists from private practice to academics, and to share ideas with them. Uh, with all the people on the committee, from their perspective has helped help me learn a lot also. And I feel like I'm really participating with them. I think the, the, the ACP has just been a real uh, great thing for, for my practice, especially over the past several years.
0: Thank you for sharing your experience with the ACP and it's been great to talk to you about your role as an internal medicine physician.
1: It is my pleasure, Gurley. Great to talk to you also. Thank you for having me.